This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He played. Oh, he's the one. Bunty up the ten. Bunty up the right sideline. Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football, very special edition, emergency episode. Actually, I don't like emergency. That that's always like a very a very cliched podcast term. Just when news drops, uh, we're just doing a second episode this week, uh, in addition to our preview and recap coming uh, Wednesday and Sunday, because we had some news. Some unofficial official news, I guess you can say. Monday, Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports tweeted out that uh, sources indicated that the AAC is close to a massive six-school expansion to reshape the conference. They're awaiting proposals to hear applications from FAU, Charlotte, UAB, and none other than North Texas, UTSA, and Rice. On the other line is Mike Craven. Mike What's your first initial reaction to all of this? Yeah, my, my first initial reaction is that it, it's good for those teams that you listed. You know, Conference USA kind of felt like this middle ground, like where teams going to jump to the Sun Belt, where teams going to jump to the American. There was never this hope that Conference USA uh, was going to be able to hold on and do much on their own. They had sent that letter to the American Conference to kind of talk about a merger, and maybe that was with this knowing that this is kind of going on behind the scenes, trying to get everybody on board mm -hmm. instead of the teams that uh, Thamel listed in his story. But um, a good move, I think, for UTSA, North Texas, and Rice. I get why the American would want a larger Texas uh, footprint. Rice, you know, gets you into that Houston market, uh, not only with television, but in recruiting. Um, that can help as well. San Antonio, a big metroplex um, that's improving football-wise and, uh, hopefully that city kind of starts getting behind the team now that they're that they're ranked a little bit more. And then North Texas gives you a, another uh, team in DFW. So it checks all the boxes for the American. I think it's a move up for those teams. And uh, it just kind of comes down to, you know, about contracts and, and the money and how that shakes out. But, um, yeah, just another move um, in the college football landscape that just seems to be always revolving right now. I mean, as soon as you kind of wrap your head around what it looks like, it changes the next day. Yeah, I think what what is clear to me, there are a couple things clear to me about this, but I think for the AAC's trajectory, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because what this move initially says to me is that obviously there there are good legitimately good programs in there like UTSA and, and UAB right now, but right it seems to me that the AAC is more concerned with making up the market that was lost with Cincinnati uh, of course, Houston and UCF, right? You lose Orlando, you lose Ohio, and obviously you, you lose uh, Houston. And so you add, you mentioned DFW, you add San Antonio, you add somewhat Houston back, right? Obviously, Rice isn't as good as a program, but you get that market back. You add Birmingham, Alabama, it's a pretty decent market. Charlotte, you get in the North Carolina area. And you add FAU, Boca Raton, and that area of Florida. I think collectively, of course, those those are huge markets you lose, but... I think football 
on the field in terms of quality of programs, I think that was, I don't want to say secondary, but was almost a 1B to, oh, UTSA also gets us San Antonio, not just, uh, you know, currently undefeated football team. Similar, uh, same thing with UAB, right? I think you look at what kind of the trajectories of North Texas and Rice, and you maybe think, ah, why would they kind of want those programs? But you can't really properly quantify Houston and DFW, right? Yeah, for sure. And not only is it the markets, it's the recruiting. Yes. Um, you know, all of those teams outside of the state can go into Houston now, recruit a little bit. We've seen that in the SEC when A&M joined it. You kind of open that up to, to go into households and go, look, I, I know they're going out of state, but two times over the next four years, we're going to be right in your backyard. And mm-hmm. um, that helps a lot. And so I think that's a factor, but I agree with you. I, I, I don't think the quality of the football programs necessarily was the number one factor. A lot of it was marketplaces and footprints and where you want to be and how you want to look as, at a conference. And then also the teams that you mentioned ha- have done upgrades to their facilities, have put yes. money in to their program over the last five or 10 years, they have decent stadiums and setups and training grounds and stuff like that. And so I think that was also a factor. Yeah. I think, one of the other things, and we'll, we can kind of transition to talking about a school, a notable school that was left out, um, a notable Texas school, I should say, is UTEP. Because, you know, obviously this is a great move for UTSA and North Texas. And I kind of have a, a, an opinion on what this means for the AAC in terms of what they were actually what this move actually means because obviously the AAC, a lot of people right now consider it the, you know, probably the at this current age, not what they're about to become, but at this current age, probably the best group of five or second best group of five. I do think what they lose to the big 12 kind of hinders that a bit, but I'll, I'll we'll get to that in a bit. I do want to talk about UTEP because UTEP is unfortunately left out of this. Now for all indications, conference USA is dead on arrival. Um, there are, you know, there's the Sun Belt waiting to poach, potentially the mountain West waiting to poach. And so UTEP's kind of in a precarious situation where, okay, they're 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 not, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but we mentioned this over the in, in the Sunday episode, they're not in a hotbed, a recruiting hotbed, right? So where the AAC could have said, oh, we need that to get the Texas market, right? Because they're so far away. And so I feel like that put them in a pretty precarious situation when it came to pitching themselves or making themselves pretty appealing to the AAC. And so now you're kind of hoping that, I mean, does the Sunbelt want to expand that far west or is the do you try to make yourself more aggressively uh, uh, attractive to the Mountain West? Yeah, I mean, I think location, you know, like in real estate, people are always like location, location, location. I, I think the reason you're seeing the teams that got invited to the AAC get invited and the reason that UTEP wasn't invited is all about uh, location. Um, being out in Elgin, I mean, that's a different time zone, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's Texas, but is it, you know, that's a long way out there. And so geographically, they're definitely, uh, much better off in the mountain West and you hope for them that that is the option, right? Like best case scenario, UTEP is able to get into the mountain West. They're with like New Mexico, the Arizona, Utah, you know, like they're in regionally, it makes a lot more sense for them. Um, and so that would be best case. And if not, yeah, Sunbelt, you hope the Sunbelt wants to get a little bit West, but like you said, it's, it's not, even though it's a big city, it's not a television market that draws in 
huge college football ratings, so it doesn't have that attractive draw to it. Mm -hmm. And then recruiting-wise, yeah, there's a handful of kids out in El Paso um, that are worth going to look at if you're not, you know, just like UTEP or whatever and already out there. But it's, it, it's hard to imagine a Charlotte, for example, going out to UTEP to recruit. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Charlotte will go to Houston and will go to San Antonio and will go to DFW, right? And mm -hmm. so um, they're just unfortunately in a spot in the country that's just harder to travel to, doesn't have a ton of recruits. And right now, if I'm them, I'm kind of knocking at the door of the Mountain West and just asking if there's a spot available there. Yeah. I think that, you know, looking back on how this all started, obviously this is, I mean, this is just a domino effect of the big 12 of uh, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, right? Cause it left the big 12 in an odd situation and the big 12 smartly moved quickly. And there were a lot of people who, I mean, myself partially included that were saying, okay, well, what's the future of the big 12 hold without these two tent pole programs. And smartly, they finally said, you know what, let's get Houston because Houston was always a, sleeping giant that programs like Baylor and Tech and TCU wanted to keep out. And they kind of had no choice but to go after them now. Cincinnati was always a natural expansion target for them. And then UCF, I think, became a pretty attractive target for them to potentially expand into that uh, Florida area a little bit more. And so it's just it's interesting looking at Texas and Oklahoma now as these seismic shifters in what's going to become a huge domino because we're not done with realignment, right? Well, now we, I mentioned this, the conference USA is probably dead on arrival. Those schools are going to be looking to get out, which makes that conference kind of in, uh, turn into uh, scrambling, I guess I should say, to figure out what they're going to become next. Do they call up some FCS programs? Do they try to get some programs from the mountain West or whatever? Um, and the Sun Belt's probably going to try to expand now. They're they're solid in their membership, but they probably want to add one or two more. And the AAC probably takes a hit as a whole, but for the sake of long term stability. So I don't, I don't know. It just feels like this is only the second domino to fall, and there seems to be like a couple more that seem to be on the way. Yeah, I mean it's just a huge ripple effect. When Texas OU news broke and they confirmed it, and they were they were off to the SEC just the backfill that had to happen it just it completed it created new vacuums just at every corner just mm -hmm. the big 12 had to expand and now the american has to expand and now conference usa has to answer what is the sun belt do i mean it just reverberated all the way down the landscape and changed it so much and, and it's interesting like if we look at it i think if i was to pick um, the three biggest winners and of like moving of this conference realignment i think it would be texas because moving from the Big 12 to the SEC for them is the logical step there. Um, Houston, because since the Southwest Conference in 1996 kind of disbanded, you know, they've kind of been in college football purgatory in a lot of ways out there, uh, just kind of going from different conference to different conference. I think they have a more uh, stable home now, and that'll be able to keep, you know, they'll be able to keep some kids in city that maybe they haven't been previously. And then I, I think UTSA, I mean, 10 years ago, there wasn't really even a football team. Yeah. And now, now they're jumping into, you know, bigger and better football at a pace that maybe we haven't seen previously. And so, um, yeah, just, just how different it looks right now compared to this time last year, you know, cause last year everybody's focused on just getting a football season in, mm -hmm. you know, like there was kind of whispers about all of this kind of stuff happening and would there be super, conferences and, and everything like that uh, but it was just the pandemic took over so much to where that was all we could really try to get through and talk about 
um, this year just to kind of see to look down on a piece of paper and kind of see where the Texas teams, just the Texas teams mm. are going to be in the next three or four years compared to where they are now. It really does look like a game of, of weird musical chairs. And there's some things that have happened that I don't think many of us would have predicted a couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. I think that, so for the AAC, I get why, again, I get why they go after a rice and they go after a UNT, right? I, I, I mean, it, it, most of, obviously, I get why they go after UTSA, first of all. Good on the field, good market. You know, it's an intriguing up-and-coming program. It's a program that you can kind of bet on early to maybe be the face of your, one of the faces of your conference. Because now you're looking at the AAC, and it's probably, right now, SMU and Memphis are probably the tent poles of that, of that conference right now. And I do think, selfishly, I like the idea of having as many Texas schools together as possible, right? So I like yep. the idea of keeping UNT, UTSA, and Wrights together. But looking at the AAC now, it, is there much – it's a better – don't get me wrong. It's a better conference than Conference USA. That is not a question. Is it much better than maybe where Conference USA was a couple years ago when you had North Texas, FAU, UTSA? And these programs that were pretty, pretty good, just not quite at the level of, I, th I don't know. I think losing those programs like Rice, U UCF, and Cincinnati is a huge hit to what I think a lot of people's perception of the AAC is. And again, they're buying low on programs like UTSA or on Rice and UNT, so maybe that they'll get back to some prominence. But I think right now, for at least the first year or two of this of this new conference. I'm a little skeptical about the the overall prestige of what's going on. I think it was I think they added maybe one or two too many teams. Yeah, I mean it's definitely not, you know how they they like to say like it's really a P6 not a P5 and, and include the American in there. I mean, I don't think they're in that discussion anymore. They lost more than they gained in terms of football perception. Uh, but I do think they looked at um, the landscape moving around the country and what was out there and went with what was best available mm -hmm. and went with a plan that maybe over the next five years doesn't make them a ton more money, mm -hmm. but maybe over the next 10, 15, 20 years gives them an existence that wasn't guaranteed previously. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. We're not going to consider, you know, AAC football, you know, the same as it was previously knocking on the door to some of those bigger conferences. Um, but it absolutely uh, did a good job of solidifying its place as as a conference that is going to uh, be here from now and beyond. Where like Conference USA was kind of left in the dust, mm -hmm. you know. Had they done this four or five years ago and been more proactive and expanded or, or or kind of anticipated some of these changes, maybe they're not in the position that they are right now. Well, I don't know if you saw Brett if you read Brett McMurphy's article for Action Network. He actually hinted that basically said what you said if th there was an offer for conference usa to be on top of this so let me see if i can bring it up uh, i have the article up right here and see if i can find it so because of course everybody yeah. remembers the the rejected offer from the aac to, to merge with the with conference usa so uh in the article this is from brett mcmurphy ironically several times the latest in 2018 the sunbelt approached conference usa wanting to do the same thing the Sunbelt wanted to restructure the schools and divide the schools into two leagues based on geography, but Conference USA had no interest, sources said. CUSA rebuffed the Sunbelt's offer in part because Louisiana Tech did not want to be aligned with Louisiana Monroe, and some Conference USA members that had just left the Sunbelt to join Conference USA didn't want to be associated with Sunbelt teams again, sources said. Now, 
If you remember the last realignment that happened, you had La Tech, you had Middle Tennessee State, FIU, excuse me. Those programs were former Sunbelt programs. FAU, I believe, was a Sunbelt program as well. It's incredibly ironic that those same programs, I mean, FAU is obviously saved. They're in the AAC. But now it's looking like FIU, La Tech, are basically screwed screwed themselves over by not wanting to, you know, LaTeX probably going to be crawling to the Sunbelt now trying to get in, even though they're the ones that blocked. They've always been notoriously nervous about letting anything, any type of relationship with ULM develop because they want to keep ULM as just the, the lowly other Louisiana school. But now I just find that so ironic that now they're in position. I mean, this this, tang- this tangentially affects t- uh, Texas and Texas recruiting. LaTeX done. I'm just saying that right now. LaTeX is a program without UTSA, without UNT, without Rice, without those recruiting footholds. They're done. Southern Miss. Southern Miss is done. Like, that, <laughs> it, it isn't a mar- – you mentioned it. It's not a marketing thing. It's a recruiting thing. How many yep. Texas players go to US, go to Southern Miss, go to LaTeX? Like, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> That, to me, they just signed their own death warrant when they decided to avoid that merger, and now they're left holding the bag. Yeah, I mean, ego and pride. You know, there's there's uh, very self-important people in charge of these universities and these decisions. And, you know, it, it becomes a lot like jilted lovers and divorces and relationships of that way. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you know, you don't want to, like, go back on your hands and knees to, to people you may have burnt some bridges with, you know, previously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not in a hotbed of recruiting, and there's programs around you recruiting the same areas that are already better. I mean, I don't think there, it's a coincidence that as, you know, Louisiana has gotten better, Louisiana Tech has gotten worse. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about SMU and TCU, like how that that's a little bit inverted. North Texas and SMU the same way. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Louisiana Tech, um, you know, they haven't been in a good spot in a little bit, you know, recruiting-wise, and that's only going to get harder Southern Miss. You know, as UAB came back and kind of that Delta region got even, you know, kind of added a couple more programs that made it harder to recruit. So, um, yeah, it's just it, it is just crazy how I mean, if we went through every single program in the nation, uh, I would say at least 80 percent of them are impacted or infected or uh, affected in some way mm-hmm. um, that, you know, has some kind of tangible either benefit or disadvantage and it's just amazing how quickly it's all kind of just like turned into the wild west that way yeah i just looked it up so southern miss has uh seven players from texas you care to guess how many players from texas louisiana tech has oh i would say probably i mean two dozen a dozen 25 yeah yeah man, that was pretty close that like there's so much that goes into having those three games on your schedule, right? Four, if you count UTEP. And now, again, UTEP's looking looking to get out of Dodge instantly. They are trying to. There's no there's no geographical reason for them to stay in the in conference USA anymore. They have to make a 14 hour drive to get to their closest conference game. They're not. They shouldn't bother with that. So, yeah, I uh, this I, I don't know. I uh, I just do. I find it really funny that you know you mentioned the ego and 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 kind of branding is going to kill La Tech because you mentioned they're on the downturn right now, and now you potentially take away that whole market unless they can get in with the Sun Belt, which now they have to go on hands and knees because they're the ones that ran away in the first place. So, um, last thing. So now that leaves 
obviously Conference USA in shambles. We'll see whatever happens with them. This does leave the Sun Belt in a in a very advantageous situation because there's there were rumors that the Sun Belt was looking to add you know two to two to four teams. I'm probably closer to two. Now, if you're the Sun Belt, you you have this pick of the litter from the Conference USA wherever you decide to go there, and you also potentially have. Uh, an FCS program, and I think a James Madison that maybe is somebody that they've been kind of flirting with here and there. Personally, I hope they add somebody in the region from the Conference USA because I would like another team in the same region with Texas State because Texas State is still the lowly, uh, uh, as far as football goes at least, uh, the lowly Texas school. So now, you know, what do you th- what do you think comes next for what these conferences that? Are, uh, obviously, Conference USA needs to make a move, but what do, you, what do you think comes next? Who are some programs that you think you're that you would speculate are getting some phone calls today? Yeah, I mean, my question, I guess, for I would need to know what the geographical limitations are for the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how wide are they willing to go? How much do they care about travel? Because you know, honestly, for a program like UTEP. You know, for for schools like Texas, Texas A and M, you know Baylor, Houston, like we don't have to talk about budget as much. Right. But for UTEP, you're gonna make your bottom line's gonna look better if you're in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. So even if the Sun Belt calls you and is like, "Hey, we'd like to have two teams in Texas. We'd like to get west a little bit. That could get us into like, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, JUCOs, that kind of stuff. Maybe maybe there's a reason to do that in their mind." If you're UTEP, does it even make sense? Like, even if you made more money in the Sun Belt than the Mountain West, sure. like when you add in travel costs, would it matter? So, um, I guess I would ask, you know, kind of where does the Sun Belt want to be? How big do they want to be? How much money do they want to split? Uh, because if I'm them, I guess my first thing I would do is call Conference USA and see if they just want to merge into one big thing. Sure. You know, I, I think that would be I think that would be my if I'm the commissioner of either of those leagues, I'm reaching out to the other and, and, and saying, look, we're going to both get eaten alive here apart from each other or we can join up and have a little bit more stability. And so th- th- those are the teams I would be looking at are the ones that are kind of left over in Conference USA looking for a home. Yeah, I think that I think the Sunbelt's in an interesting situation because the, uh, the rumors are that they want to become a football-only comp, or uh, they want to have members play football. So, like, UTA might be on the way out because they're obviously uh, non-football. And so that opens the door potentially. Do they want to go back west where they have New Mexico State and, you know, get somebody 30 minutes east and go UTEP? I think it also – I think the expansion of App State and Coastal opens up the east coast a little bit, right? Do they want to go after Virginia Beach and get – old dominion um i do think the flirtation with james madison kind of points to where they're i don't think that they're as uh geographically tied to the to the actual sun belt of the country anymore <laughs> uh, right similar to you know uh pac-12 going with colorado so i think that i think that there it's going to be a lot of a lot of very uh, uh liberal definitions of a lot of these uh names now um but, I mean, again, they're in a very advantageous situation. No one, no one's looking to leave the Sun Belt right now, which is a huge benefit. The fact that they got away from the AAC restocking, the Big Twelve restocking, and they kept hold of Coastal, and they kept hold of Louisiana, and they kept hold of App State, right? 
uh, Georgia State. Georgia State's in Atlanta, right? And even though they're they're not that great of a program, still they they kept Atlanta. I think that the fact that they maintained everybody is a big boon for them. And yeah, they're holding a lot of the cards. Yeah, I mean, I guess my first two calls, if I'm if I'm splitting up, if I'm not thinking about just completely taking in the conference USA schools, it'd be Marshall and UTEP. You know, I think yeah, those are probably the two the two calls I would make if I'm the Sun Belt most. Yeah, or quickest. I, right, I think so. I think that if I had to bet right now, I, I I'm gonna name four, but I think only t- I think only two would get in. I do think they end up uh, getting James Madison because I do think that there is something to uh, advertise when you talk about FCS programs going to the Sun Belt and being good, right? Coastal, App State, Georgia Southern. Um, so I do think they call up James Madison. I do think they call up Southern Miss. I do think they get Old Dominion. And I kind of hope they get UTEP as well. I don't think so. Because I, I can't remember. There might have been a rumor that the Mountain West declined UTEP or wasn't interested in UTEP. I hope that's not the case. Again, I would hate to see that program fall off the map or be stuck on a sinking ship. That is CUSA, but uh, it is what it is, and we'll kind of see how that plays out. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all we had, man. This is a this is a last minute thing. Obviously, with some huge news dropping. Now, I should clarify again: this isn't all official. This is all sources from Pete Thamel. Uh, they still have to. Uh, those six schools have to actually apply. Uh, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, UTSA. They still have to officially apply, and the AAC still has to officially accept them. They are expected to. That's why we're doing this podcast because all indications are that they will go through, and that will this will be a new fourteen-team league. So uh, we wanted to get this out there before it becomes this kind of this kind of news doesn't come out unless it's it's a go. One right, exactly. Texas and Texas and Oklahoma. The rumor didn't come out unless it was going to happen that they were going to the SEC. So. <laughs> Alrighty, well that'll do it for us. We'll be back. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. By the time by the time you hear this, probably be just a day out from our preview episode. So we'll be back very soon with our previews for the week. Uh, we just had to get something out because we would not. Uh, it would not be very time sensitive to uh, wait to for Wednesday to put this all in one show. So hope you enjoyed this extremely slapped together emergency episode of Republic of Football, and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>